We are in the middle of the book of James, and we chose the title, Faith That Works, for a specific reason, because we see that James not only talks about how our faith should work out in, in practice, we see really such incredible practical stuff in the book of James that helps us to live out our faith, uh, not to just be a head knowledge or a belief, but a faith that actually turns into actions, turns into the way we live in our world, turns into the way that we relate to one another and relate to those who are still far from God. And so today we're going to pick up in chapter 3, and we're going to talk about wisdom uh, from above. Now this follows the discussion uh, last week about the tongue, because wisdom is generally shared in conversation. Now I guess you can write a book of wisdom down, you can write all your, your great wisdom down, but usually wisdom is shared in a specific instance or scenario with someone, so it's shared verbally. I think it's uh, pretty profound that James is going to talk now about sharing wisdom right after he's had this conversation about our speech. By the way, if you didn't hear uh, last week's sermon about uh, your tongue, uh, I would encourage you to do so. Uh, you can go to our website at fogkc.com and, uh, and listen to that, and I think it will go with this uh, sermon uh, really well. Let's talk first about the definition of wisdom. Uh, now, if you uh, uh, go to the place where all great information goes, the internet, you can find about 50 different definitions of wisdom. Uh, in spending time this week uh, praying and looking and, and thinking about um, all of those different definitions, I've kind of put a few together, and I think this is a good definition of biblical wisdom. It's wisdom is the quality of having experience, good judgment, and application proficiency in applying the knowledge and understanding of God's Word. And they may say, well, that's a, pretty long, that's a pretty long description. Yeah, it is. But all of those words are really important. In fact, in your community groups this week, I want you to talk about uh, maybe each one of those words, experience, good judgment, application proficiency, knowledge and understanding because I think they'll help you to maybe flesh out a little bit more this definition of wisdom what's the difference between knowledge and wisdom well it's kind of like this knowledge is having the understanding of how to fire a gun okay if I have knowledge of firing a gun I know how to point it I know where to look I know how to squeeze the trigger, and I have the knowledge of firing that gun. Wisdom is knowing when to pull it out of the holster. Okay? Uh, there are a lot of people uh, that uh, uh, have the ability to fire a gun. I'm not sure that I want them walking around with a sidearm all the time. Because I'm not sure that they have the wisdom to know when to pull it and when not to. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, knowledge by itself, in fact, the scripture is very clear, knowledge by itself puffs us up. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, it says, hey, you know what knowledge does? If you just, go, you just keep heaping more and more knowledge on yourself, you just get egotistical. I mean, do you know guys that like, I mean, they just must sit around and read the internet all day long. I used to say they'd read the dictionary or the encyclopedia, back when they had encyclopedias. Uh, uh, you know, they, they, just, they just seem to know everything. And most of the time, these are not people that we look up to and go, wow, they're just so smart. They have all this information. We kind of go, wow, they're just a know-it-all, you know? They just, they just have to comment about everything. They seem to just know something about everything. And, and uh, you know, so, so knowledge by itself really isn't much of a benefit. 
In fact, I've seen some pastors uh, that are really uh, quite poor at knowing the difference between knowledge and, and wisdom. Like, for instance, when a pastor tells a parent who has just lost their child that this was God's will. Now, we can debate about the fact that it, it, might, it might technically fall under the sovereign will of God because he allowed this to happen. I, so, so there's probably some truth in the, in the knowledge that he's sharing. But the wisdom to share that in that moment is incredible foolishness. And by the way, foolishness and wisdom are the opposite of each other. So let's look here in the, in the passage in James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18, and see what it says about wisdom today. Not just, not just knowledge, not just knowing things, but the ability to apply God's word to our actual lives. By the way, folks, this is why, this is why I just love the book of James. I, I, I feel almost guilty saying it's my favorite book of the Bible because it seems to lower all the others, you know. And I'm not saying, but I love it so much because it's just so practical. It just makes so much sense. Uh, not that the others don't. It just, it just helps a simple guy like me go, what am I supposed to do? Well, thank you, God. I appreciate it. You're just sharing that with me. I can, I can follow that. I can do that. I can understand that. And so let's look at this passage and see what it says about wisdom. First, we see the good works follow great wisdom. Now, this shouldn't be a surprise to us. This shouldn't be a surprise to us. Look what it says in James 3.13. It says, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. See, he relates back to what James earlier talked about, faith and works, how they will operate. You know, a person who has good works that kind of reveals or, or, or shows their faith. And a person who has true biblical faith in Christ, it changes how they live. They, they produce good works because of it. If you were an orange tree producing oranges, when you uh, immediately become an apple tree, you don't produce oranges anymore. You produce apples. And so when a person gives their life to Christ, they produce new things. And just like James talked about earlier, if you have true biblical faith, you have works. What he's saying here is, a person with true wisdom from God will always lead himself and others to good works in a humble manner. Not egotistically, but with meekness. With meekness. In love. Try to encourage others. Uh, the wisdom that we give others, the wisdom that we listen to ourselves in our own heads, uh, that should be done in a, in a kind of a loving way. It should be done meekly, but truthfully, and always result in a changed behavior, in good works. Now, I have uh, uh, been a guy who's kind of what they call, used to call hard learning, okay? I'm a hard learning guy, which means I don't usually learn much from somebody telling me something. You know, mom says, don't touch the stove, it's hot. I go, oh, really? Cool, let's see. That, that's how I kind of learn. And so I'm kind of hard learning. You know, I got to touch it and I go, oh, yeah, that's hot, all right. Uh, I, I get it that way. And, and what, what he's saying here is, folks, when, when we listen uh, to godly wisdom, uh, uh, it, it helps us and it helps others to do good works. We don't have to experience everything uh, in a bad way. We can simply listen to wisdom 
and, and save ourselves a lot of trouble. Then he goes on to say that earthly wisdom is unspiritual and even demonic. Now, this is pretty profound because what he's saying is, okay, so we've got godly wisdom up here, and then we have wisdom without God. We might have a tendency to go, oh, it's probably not quite as good. It's probably, probably not quite as insightful. Probably not quite as revealing. But that's not what he says. Look in verses 14 through 16. It says, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. That's a little bit hard to understand here. But it's very interesting that he, he talks about uh, two uh, different motives here. And by the way, it's not just not as good as godly wisdom. It's evil at its core. It's, it's demonic. He's, he's basically saying it's, it's, it's from demons, wisdom that doesn't come from God. And he gives us the motives. He said, bad wisdom is generally shared from bitter jealousy or selfish ambition. Now, now how does that make any sense? Well, let me, let me try to explain a little bit. So sometimes we reveal maybe some bitter jealousy because people get jealous of, of you, know, you going to other people and receiving advice rather than coming to them. In other words, let's say uh, somebody comes to me for advice and you go, well, I'm a better friend to him than Michael is. I, I'm smarter than Michael. I'm, I'm better looking than Michael. He ought to come to me for advice. You see, that, that's, that's all about our hearts. Because our hearts are revealing that we, we want to give advice, we want to give wisdom, wisdom, uh, because we're jealous of them getting it somewhere else. Selfish ambition, because we think that they should be asking us rather than other people. We're selfish, we want to, we, they should be asking me. I'm the guy with all the answers. By golly, they should ask me for those things. I, 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 I used to work in the secular world, and I was amazed that when I went to work, every single person I worked with had an opinion on every single thing in the universe. And they were glad to share them. Now, I don't know what your work is like, but that was what my work was like. And so everybody always wanted to give their advice about everything. They didn't want you to take somebody else's advice. They wanted you to take their advice. Listen, if advice is coming from a place of competition or a desire to be heard, it's almost always earthly and evil. Think about it. Think about why we give wisdom and what our motives are. If a parent tells a child never to run into the street chasing a ball before looking both ways, it almost always comes from a humble place of wanting to do what's good for the child, to protect them out of love. No parent wakes up in the morning and goes, you know, I'm just tired of them asking mom all the time. I'm going to tell them what I think they ought to do. You ought to not run into the street. They don't do it like that. Okay, You tell them those things because you love them. By the way, as we teach leaders around here to influence people, uh, motive is very important. Because if you are trying to influence people to benefit you, that's not leadership, that's manipulation. And, and a lot of churches try to manipulate people. They make them, make them feel guilty or make them feel this or that or whatever to get them to do what they want them to do. We try really hard not to do that around here. We don't want to motivate you or influence you to do what we want you to do. We want to influence you to do what God wants you to do because that's for your benefit and for his glory. 
You, you benefit from that. And that's where the motive we want to give you advice from. Remember last week, the last point of the sermon? Our speech reveals who we really are. And sometimes it's not just the words, but the place it comes from in our hearts. By the way, this verse can also refer to actual unspiritual or demonic advice. I mean, if you're giving you know, really ungodly advice uh, contrary to the word of God, it is also unspiritual and demonic. It's not just bad advice. It's not just, it's not, just uh, 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 not as good as Christ advice. It's anti-Christ advice. Any advice or wisdom that encourages somebody to do wrong or leads to disorder or sinful behavior is by definition earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. So let's not listen to that advice, folks. Listen, good advice, good wisdom, and wise advice should always lead to peace. It should always lead to relationships being repaired, not chaos. Listen, if you're, if you're taking somebody's advice and everything that they tell you uh, makes your relationships worse, stop listening to them. Find a new source, a more godly source. If the things that they say and that you do by following their advice leads to chaos and disruption in your life, stop listening to them. If it leads to bad behavior on your part, stop listening to them. Get godly advice, not uh, uh, bad wisdom from bad sources. Lastly, we see in this passage that godly wisdom is pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's open to reason, it's impartial and sincere, and it results in mercy, good fruits, and righteousness. So let's look here at the passage. Here in James chapter 3, it says this in verses 17 and 18. But the wisdom from above, in contrast is first pure, then it's peaceable, it's gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So godly advice is always pure. It comes from a pure place. It, it, it is true and pure it comes from a true desire to give good advice, to, to share wisdom with someone, to share how to properly apply God's word. It creates peace. Now listen, I know as I counsel people, I always share with them universal rule number one. And if I ever counsel you about anything, we'll talk about universal rule number one. Some of you are smiling because you've heard this a hundred times. Nobody's counseled with me a hundred times, but that's just a figure of speech. Okay, okay. But universal rule number one is this. You can't control anybody in the universe but yourself and barely that. Okay? And so we try a lot to, to, to you know, control other people. I, I love where the Bible says, and as much as it's up to you, be at peace with all men. What that means, folks, is you can't be at peace with all men. Not even Jesus was at peace with all men. But as much as it's up to you, as much as, as it's my desire, as much as it's my behavior, I should try to be at peace with everybody. If they don't like me, they don't want to like me, they don't want to be at peace with me, 
I can't control them. But I can control me, and I can choose to be at peace with them. Listen, advice and counsel and wisdom that, that produces peace in your life is godly. It's godly. It's gentle. When you're giving godly advice, you don't have to beat people over the head with things. You don't have to beat them up about things. You just share with them, hey, listen, this is what will benefit your life. Here's what God says. Here is how it applies to your life. And if you'll do this, he'll bless you. It's really that simple. It's open to reason. Now, I love this. We, we like to think, uh, and, and as people that come from a, a, a kind of a Baptist heritage, we love to believe that everything in life is black and white. But every good principle taken to an extreme can make us out of balance. Or you can go home and read passages on prayer and go, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really pray like God wants me to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit my job, and I'm just going to stay home and pray all day. Well, well, I think you've just ignored a bunch of other principles in God's word. All right? So, so part of wisdom is just balancing all of God's principles. Yes, we should pay attention to all of them. Yes, we should implement all of them. But, but if we get out of balance and we just think of one or two instead of all of them, uh, we, we get really kind of you know, messed up in our heads. So we need to be open to reason. While we're giving and receiving a good counsel, uh, wisdom, we need to be open to reason. Well, think about this. Oh, yeah, but think about that. Oh, yeah. So we kind of put it into a reason. It's impartial. We already saw James talk about this. Listen, folks, good, good wisdom is good for everybody. Uh, Christians should be incredibly impartial based on outward appearances. Not based on character, but based on outward appearances. We talked about this uh, earlier in James, and again, you can go back and listen to these sermons. But if you remember, a part of, of a Christian's responsibility on being impartial is we are impartial based on outward considerations. If somebody comes into our church who is poor, who smells bad, and they sit here right on the front row, we should treat them like everyone else. That doesn't mean that we put pedophiles in charge of our children's ministry. Okay? I mean, we, we are, you have to be wise. When it comes to character, we discriminate all the time. If a person comes into our church and they've been convicted of embezzling money uh, from their, their company, they can't count the offering here. It's not because we don't love them. It's because we have wisdom. Okay? But impartiality means based on outward appearances, we don't discriminate in any kind of way. And good wisdom is impartial. It's also sincere. It comes from a sincere place, a sincere desire to help other people and to share and give wisdom. But I love the fact that its outcome is always mercy, good fruits, and righteousness. Folks, if you go to someone for advice and you follow their advice and it produces mercy for yourself and others, it produces good fruits and righteousness on your behalf and others, they're probably a source of good godly wisdom. I mean, uh, ungodly demonic advice and wisdom does not produce those things. So where do we get this great wisdom? So, so now we're all convinced. I don't, want, I don't want earthly demonic wisdom. I want good, godly, uh, uh, you know, genius wisdom. Where do I get it? Well, first let's go back to our definition. We can't ignore this. Good wisdom starts with knowledge and understanding of God's word. Okay? 
One of the reasons that we, we read, we study, we memorize, we, we meditate on God's Word is so it will change our lives. Not just so we can uh, stand up in church and quote verses. So it will change our lives. It's so that we can apply it to our lives. It's, it's so, you know what, the more I apply God's Word, the better my life is. That's just a fact. So it starts with knowledge and understanding, but it can't stop there or we just become egotistical about how much we know. The second way uh, that godly wisdom comes to us is just time. Look at those things. Experience, good judgment, application proficiency. And we have a lot of people at our church that are very proficient on instruments. You know why they're, they're proficient on their instrument? Because they've taken a lot of time and effort and energy practicing. They've practiced for years to do this. You know how I'm, I'm better at applying God's word now than I was five years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 42 years ago when I became a Christian? I'm better at it now because I've just, I've done it a lot. I've practiced it a lot. A lot of trial and error. I've messed up a lot. I've learned a lot of ways not to apply it. And I've gained wisdom from that, from just time. And some of you may be here and you're like, 25 years old, and you're like, oh my goodness, I can't be wise until I'm 50. I'm an old guy like you know, Pastor Michael. I can't do that. I can't wait that long. Well, here's the good news. God wants to give us a little help if we really want to be wise. Remember James chapter 1? James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8 says this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach. Reproach means without holding any back, just giving it generously. And it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Folks, godly wisdom comes from God. I know that seems like kind of obvious, but that's where it comes from. Good godly wisdom, he's saying it comes from God himself. Now, I love counseling people um, because I am old. I do have a little bit of wisdom. And uh, one of the things that I always pray when I sit down with a, a per, an individual person or a couple or premarital counseling, marital counseling, whatever it is, I always pray and ask God for wisdom. I, I say, God, as we talk today, uh, I just want you to give me wisdom, wisdom beyond my years Wisdom beyond my own experience, wisdom beyond my own knowledge, wisdom beyond my own capabilities. Because I believe this passage, I, I believe this verse is true. And I'll tell you something, uh, don't think I'm an egomaniac, but there are times when I'm counseling people and I'm talking and I say something, I'm like, wow, that was awesome. It, it's not any thought that I ever had before. It's not any thought that I've, I've meditated on or read in a book. It's not anything that I ever premeditatedly chose to say. God just shows up and says something through me. And I'm like, wow, that, that, was, that was cool. You should do that. And I don't think that about everything that comes out of my mouth, so don't get that impression. Okay? But there are moments when that happens because, folks, God, do you see in this passage, God wants us to be wise people. He, he wants us to be able to apply his word into our lives. This is, this is not some, like, religious 
you know, exercise you go through, God wants his word and his spirit through his son Jesus Christ to revolutionize our living. He wants our lives to be different. And when we look to him to do that, he says, hey, I'll show up. I'll show up. I'll give you wisdom that only comes from me if you'll just ask. James has told us earlier in the book of James that God is the source of all good things. Why wouldn't he be the source of good, godly wisdom that we all need? That we all need for our own lives and we all need to share with others. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to see that you, you want to change us. You want to transform our lives. Father, thank you for the opportunity to ask you for wisdom and that you give it. God, we, uh, your, your word is so vast. We want to know how to apply it to our lives accurately and successfully. Help us, Father, as we try to live out your word. Help us to not just gain understanding or knowledge so that we can be puffed up with pride. But God, help us to really learn how to apply it to our lives so that you transform us. We thank you for the difference that you make in our life, for the real life difference that you make. Not something we dream up, not something we just want to see, but the real difference you make in our lives. Help us just to commit ourselves uh, to just following uh, your plan for our lives and to see you bless us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.